Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Tremble, a horror movie podcast. It may have not have felt like a while for you, the listener, but it's been a while for us. We haven't recorded in like over a month together, so this, yeah. is, <laughs> this is our first time back. Uh, spoilers, COVID's still a thing. Uh, <laughs> the world's still going to shit because of racism. Uh, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, uh, the world ain't getting any better, but uh, at least there's no. horror movies. And I just saw I just saw a congressman in Florida with a huge long tweet thread with, uh, of course, hashtag QAnon throughout it, say that Beyonce is not really black; she's Italian. That's literally. So that's where we're at. See, you sometimes need fake horror to distract you from the real life horror. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Have you guys seen Culture Shock? Actually, yeah, because. A friend of mine knows the director of that. And yeah, Gigi Salcarero. Yeah, and I went to her screening and chatted with her. And yeah, she's she's actually really cool. Uh, she's great. Yeah, I did a we did a podcast with her a bunch of times, uh, at least a couple of times, and uh, she's really great. Her production team uh, for Luchagor is really great. Uh, Rainer Shima and uh, uh, Luke Bramley. They're they're just like a really great filmmaking team team but she kind of separated it off on her own to make that culture shock yeah. and i mean if that is not indicative like that is a, like a really great horror satire on the realities uh in america right now especially for uh, uh, latinos and everything uh and it's got barbara crampton in it so which don't call her a screen queen i made that mistake no. once. i got so no. much shit for that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's it's just it's a different world now, and I think uh, those old terms they're just uh, they don't have the same love to them. It feels like now. No, um, it, it feels it feels like gender limiting. That's what I think it comes down to. Yeah, I think like in my opinion, I always thought screen queen meant like a strong female, like oh, you know, like yeah, and I I think there's some some positive de- positivity to that but i'm sure some people have taken it in other different ways but we're not here to talk about gender stereotypes and racism no. although maybe we will at one point or another who knows but we're here to talk about house uh the japanese version not the george white version Housey. <laughs> uh i literally thought like somebody dosed my drink with something, <laughs> LSD because yeah. i'm like this can't be real. I'm imagining this movie, but uh, no, it was very, very real and very, very weird. The uh, first like 20 minutes of this movie, I was checking to make sure I didn't have tabs open in a browser playing music somewhere because it sounds like there's four music tracks playing or like sound effect tracks playing at once. This yeah, movie it, is just it's a maddening experience. <laughs> yeah, it, it really is. It really is. It tests the limits of, of your own perceptions. Uh, 
and I, I, it almost bleeds out of the television into your own world. Yeah. There's a reason that they made this movie a Criterion Collection movie. It's because it is weirdly groundbreaking in its own incredible ways. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. And it was very interesting that like a lot of the special effects seemed almost purposely weird. Like they weren't mm-hmm. going to like ground it in reality or something. Like you know, there, there's a bunch of effects in this that definitely seem almost very surreal, very dreamlike in a lot of ways. Uh, it was very interesting that you know we are in a world where everything has to try to look as realistic as possible. And this was just like, no, we know this is going to look weird, but we're embracing it. Uh, The official summary of House is hoping to find a sense of connection to her late mother, Gorgeous, that's her name, not like, you know, adjective, takes a trip to the country to visit her aunt at her ancestral house. She invites her six friends, Prof, Melody, Mac, Fantasy, Kung Fu, and Sweet to join her. The girls soon (laughs) discover that there is more to the old house that meets the eye. Whoever named these characters is just, I mean, I guess it was the preteen. So I guess this makes a yeah. lot of sense, right? Uh, yeah. They're basically like the Spice Girls with their names. <laughs> and, and, and she's, I mean, the story by is uh, Chigumi Obayashi, which is, yeah. I mean, that's the daughter of Nobuhiko uh, Obayashi. Uh, although the screenplay is says it's written by Chihu uh, Katsura. Um, but yeah, essentially this was all put together by a, a, a preteen girl, uh, and all of it came to fruition because Toho, who is known for doing all those Godzilla movies and everything, approached Obayashi wanting him to make, uh, essentially Jaws because Jaws was a huge hit in America. They, they wanted to see that kind of blockbuster money. And so they're like, can you, can you make something scary? And he made this. And it's amazing. Uh... <laughs> I, you know, it, it's it's a funny conversation to get into because you're like, oh, this movie in its, in its own way is kind of a masterpiece. And I mean, I think people that aren't horror fans like us on, on the outside of it, they'll be like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> this, yeah. this is garbled garbage. And, but I don't know that there's just, there's a, a thread of brilliance that, that runs through this, the entirety of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And it, it's interesting because this movie is, it, it kind of reminded me in a way of Evil Dead. Like just sort mm-hmm. of like how kind of like funny and fantastical it gets. Like it was kind of, I got like a lot of Evil Dead 2 vibes from this. So. Do you think Raimi liked this movie? I have never heard him talk about it. I have to imagine he did. I yeah, like because I feel the same thing too, especially on on this walk, uh, this run through it. Because I've seen this movie so many times, yeah. uh, I regret to, that I never got to see it when it played the Rio because it did play the Rio. Oh, that would have been amazing. That oh would be God. cool. I, yeah. I, I mean, if Rachel or 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 Kareen listen to this, bring How to back because it is like it could be one of those like Rocky Horror type. Yeah, screen like just so interactive because it really is a, a at the I think that's another crazy thing about this movie is it does feel incredibly interactive as well. Mm-hmm. I think too like there's always movies like The Room that find this like cult audience. This could totally find like that kind of an audience of people sure. who just go to like not even just watch the movie but just sort of engage in like this meta 
entertainment of the movie because it is such a weird movie like yeah this would be so much fun with a crowd uh, that that's why like i'm excited to get to the the first time you watch it because i'm curious like did, like i i am assuming it was for this show that you guys checked uh, yeah. it out yeah yeah <laughs> um yeah i feel so evil well, <laughs> I, I feel like i can tell why you chose it steve but is there any other like you know? It just seems like a pretty cool movie. Yeah, you know, because I I feel like a lot of like like horror filmmakers that came up uh, in the eighties and stuff and and nineties know about this one. I didn't find out this about this one until after two thousand, mm. where a friend of mine just like, no, you got to watch this, and we just like it was like a party of us, you know, where it was a friend's birthday party, and then we all just stopped to watch this movie. And I mean, with watching it, like watching it by myself for this podcast and watching it with a group of friends is very different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, very different viewings. Neither of them were bad, though. Yeah. I, I just really, really dig this film. And if you were to ask me why I dig this film, man, I don't really have a great answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's sort of like the sum of all of its parts. It you is. Know, like, Everything about this movie is interesting, and it's also a movie where each individual element just doesn't seem like it works. It's like when you make a recipe for something, and like you're like, really, you're putting nutmeg in this? This seems kind of weird. Yeah. Just, all the ingredients work together, even if like each individual one seems like it would not work with the other. That's mm-hmm. sort of what makes this movie so odd, and that like it really is this movie that amalgamates all these ideas, and it, it still oddly works despite all of its potentially uh detrimental uh, ideas so and confusion yeah, yeah. and confusion <laughs> this remember oh, remember Rachel's trifle and friends yeah where it was just like she got the recipes mixed up and she started <laughs> put ground beef in it and like yeah. just like weird shit in it or like even like if that that's what it's like except it works yeah. <laughs> does that does that mean that we're all joeys if this is the Rachel's yeah, I think so. I, the horror fans are definitely Joey's. Not, <laughs> and and I, I I'm not even meaning that in a broad sweep of horror. Horror fans will dig this movie because hell, I, I not all horror fans are going to like this movie or even understand this movie. No. There is just a, there, I, I feel like there's a cerebral nature that you have to enjoy within horror to really get this movie. Um. So I just made the mistake of. Like on Letterbox, you know, it'll give you ideas of like all the what the writers and directors worked on. So I just clicked on Chiho Katsura's uh, profile on Letterbox to see what he worked on, and like at least fifty percent of these movies have like topless women on the cover of them. <laughs> so I, I mean, I, I can't say I'm surprised, but I'm also like, huh? Well, yeah, there's there's definitely an amp up in the boobage at some point in this movie for sure. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's his contribution to the script. He's like, you know what? <laughs> Let's put in some boobs here. Sure, why not? I mean, horror movies in the 70s and 80s, that was kind of their bread and butter, so mm-hmm. yeah. can't blame mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, first time watching this. Yeah, this was my first time watching this because <laughs> I'd never seen this before, and it was amazing. Again, I, hope. I, was, I was having a drink, and the whole time I kept thinking, did somebody put something in my drink? Because, like... Boy, this movie is just this weird, and it it is. It really is that weird. You know, one of the things that really makes it work, though, I think, is just 
each of the individual characters are so likable. Like, I found myself, like, cheering them on throughout the movie. And, like, mm. especially Kung Fu. Kung Fu, I was like, yeah, girl, go, girl. Kick that door down. Like, it was great, and I loved it. Um, awesome. And I think th- that, I think the the charm of the characters is one thing that really kind mm. of helped in, in this movie with all of the just chaos that was happening kind of around it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Taylor, it was your first time too, right? It was, yes, yes. <laughs> I know, and and Steve keeps laughing evilly, but I don't think he realizes that this wasn't really evil. I really liked this movie, and I'm very no. happy that we watched it. <laughs> I, no, there's a. It, it's not. It's like it's like partially evil, but at the same time, it's like, I like a happiness and discovery, honestly, because mm-hmm. when you, it, it's funny when you show somebody a really weird stretch of cinema uh, uh, of just like and, and they enjoy it 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 is it is like the best feeling in the world <laughs> like, it could go one of two ways like yep. it could be like fuck i love this one and then it could be like i i mean what the fuck a watermelon i don't understand what the yeah. hell are you doing to me yeah and, you know what i mean so it's like i'm just it's it's more of laughter and relief is what i'm doing here Okay, yeah, that that makes sense for sure. I can definitely understand why some people might watch this and go, "I just don't get it. I don't get yeah. what there is." Yeah, but but yeah, I there there's just something almost that I can't really, other than my love for some of the characters. There's just something about this movie that you you, you can't help but be charmed by it almost. Yeah, it's really hard to hate a movie that's having this much fun. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> um steve what was your first time like yeah it was like party atmosphere um this was before the criterion release i think it was it was just uh like almost like a bootleg dvd type thing and we watched it uh just on a whim and i mean i was blown away by by just the weirdness of it because i mean to that point uh, my only exposure to the the Japanese horror was kind of the Waif Ghost stuff, like Juwan or Ringu and stuff like that, or uh, even uh, the 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 extreme violence of Takashi Miike. That yeah. was kind of like my level of involvement. And then this movie is like, uh, you know, an acid trip mixed with a DMT trip. Like it's just, <laughs> it's so it's so insane. It, it, it doesn't have any kind of tether to to trying to keep its plot together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the funny thing is you don't care, though. Like, like no. you don't care that no thread meets up. You just want to know what's going to happen next. You're like, how how does this scene lead to the next scene? Like, And, you know, it, it doesn't even need to be cohesive at all. You're just kind of into it. Yeah, for sure. You're just along for the ride. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, I think we got a couple emails here. One is from Thomas. He says, this movie is so weird, and yet I'm glad I saw it. Part of me thinks I would have never watched this, and I wouldn't feel like I was missing anything, but I feel like I have more of an appreciation for Japanese horror. I can see mm-hmm. that, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes you got to have to see how the other world operates in a lot of ways, and sort of once you see, once you kind of define in a loose sense of the word what, a particular country's uh, region cinema is like you can kind of start to go okay now i can start to see like 
what Japanese cinema is all about or French cinema or German cinema. Like you kind of get a bit of an idea. You can kind of see where their kind of culture kind of bleeds into us. And definitely this is a very weird movie, but definitely you can see a lot of Japanese cinema sort of trademarks in here, which is really exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the sound effects were were great in this movie too. Like every once yeah. in a while they just, I feel like they would throw in a random sound effect screen where there didn't need to be because yeah. there were a couple times where I was watching that I was like, someone just screamed, but they're all just still standing there. And I can't <laughs> tell if that was one of them or something weird happening. Yeah. Uh, but it was good. It kind of added to that atmosphere of like, this movie's just a trip and things just happen and you have to just Go watch and it. see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh let's see next one is from francis do you have any personal recommendations for japanese horror movies uh audition's really great i think that one has to no if you haven't seen audition yet go watch it and then uh never go on a date ever again it's haunting it's absolutely haunting but it's almost like that movie is like well dude you kind of brought it onto yourself his weird his selection yes. process is so fucking weird yeah in it I mean, there's really no sympathies in that one. And and Mike, the thing about Mike, and it's different than than all all other Japanese horror filmmakers. I think is there's no there there are there are complete absolutes yeah. in his movies, and there all the characters are incredibly static. Yeah, they they don't change. It's just the reveals. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah, Mike is a is a just a completely different beast on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, oddly enough, I've been watching a lot of Studio Ghibli films, and a lot of them are like really sweet and cute. But man, some of them get really messed up, like Princess Mononoke, Spirited Away, <laughs> like not particularly horror films, but if you're a horror fan, I think there's some moments in there that are genuinely frightening. Like I think of Spirited Away when little girl tri- like gets lost from her parents and then finds them again and they're pigs it's just like mm-hmm. it's this most haunting image of like her being like mom dad the dad just turns his head and he's like this grotesque pig and you're just like oh oh okay that's fucked up <laughs> that's uh, totally something that would scare me as a kid if i had watched that as like a really little kid yeah. imagining that my parents aren't themselves anymore that would be freaky yeah not really particularly a horror film but i think studio ghibli their movies sort of weave and bob throughout different uh, genres there including horror so yeah there's other ones too but i don't know probably like audition is the big one for me and then yeah studio ghibli but yeah any other ones you guys can think of no i'm probably not the best person to ask for for this i feel like i haven't watched nearly enough japanese horror yeah to be able to give a good recommendation yeah i i mean like, because I always keep going back to Mike. I mean, because uh, he, I mean, he's got such a, a weird career. Um, because, I mean, aside from the original movies like Ringu and Juwan, mm-hmm. I never really latched on to anything beyond that. The, the Waif Ghost thing really, those movies kind of shot their load in the first couple, in the first movies, and I was kind of like done with it. And then I'll. Yeah, Americans picked up on it, and then we had a whole new resurgence. And besides the ring and maybe the grudge, all of them were kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and uh, and the grudge, I'm going borderline. But the ring, I mean, Gore Verbinski directs the hell out of that movie, and it looks great, and it manages to transcend that style. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I, I when it comes to Japan, I, I enjoy their dramatic cinema a hell of a lot more, like uh, Karita's films and stuff like that. So yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, when it comes when it comes to to Asian Asian cinema and Asian horror, the the South Koreans have it made. Yeah, for sure. That's what I was thinking of because I was thinking of like a lot of. Asian horror movies that I enjoy, and I kept thinking, no, that's Korean, that's not Japanese. Yeah, Yeah, I was just gonna, I would, there were a couple movies, like, I just looked up Japanese horror movies to see if there was something that I'd seen, Mm -hmm. and most of the things that are coming up, actually, are Korean, they're not Japanese, so. Uh, Shudder, I I like Shudder, um, with it, with, with T's, not D's, um, that was also remade as an American film that flopped really badly with Joshua Jackson. Oh, um, I saw that. I think the American think, one, not the Japanese. Yeah, the, the 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 original one's not Japanese. I think it's Thai. Oh, I see. Or it's Malaysian. It's in that area. Mm. Um, so I, again, yeah, I, I mean, the, there's just such a grandiose style with the Japanese style of horror that just doesn't latch on to me mm. outside of the films. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And yeah, I don't know. I I think the thing with the, a lot of Japanese movies too is like it blends a lot of genres too. Like mm-hmm. when I think mm-hmm. of the stuff I've seen, like yeah, Studio Ghibli, which again not traditionally horror, but like mm-hmm. you get to like something like Grave of the Fireflies, and like there's just some grotesque yeah. imagery in that. It's like that one. That one's heavy. Yeah, that's a heavy film. Um, have you, uh, just on the topic of, uh, Mononoke and, uh, and some of those Ghibli ones, Shout Factory's box sets of those ones, and if you haven't checked them out, they're, g- like, giant square box sets. Mm. They're beautiful. I have a couple now. I have, uh, Spirited Away, and I have Princess Mononoke. And, uh, I mean, I'm not a huge anime guy. I'm not massively into Studio Ghibli, but these ones are incredibly special. Yeah. Uh, and you just brought up the other one that I think is is incredible uh, is uh, uh, Grave of the Firefly. So I hope they do a big edition of that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would also like to see uh, when Marnie was here. Yeah. Um, to be made as well. That would be really really great. But again, I mean, it transcends the genre. You know what I mean? Some of these are, are ghost stories, but they're more of a dramatic ghost story. Or, you know, like it, yeah. it's just using the slim basis of what would make a horror story, but mm-hmm. telling something different. Yeah. Like, there's the scene in Princess Mononoke when they kill the forest god, and it just <laughs> starts going from bad to worse for them. And it's like, oh, shit. It's it, There's some stuff in that that's legitimately frightening, but also the very charming movies too like kiki's delivery service stuff like that is is actually genuinely just or a porco rosso or uh oh, i watched that the other night for the first time oh, that really? honestly probably one of my new favorite ghibli movies is porco rosso yeah that and uh uh my neighbor totoro which is i i mean totoro is probably i honestly when when you look at i know we're splintering off so hard with the ghibli here <laughs> totoro's there is their mascot essentially right so Mm -hmm. so i mean funny enough that's probably their biggest internationally but when we think about uh miyazaki's work and stuff in north america we automatically go to 
um, Spirited Away, Princess Mononoke. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I would say in, in the last 20 years, I would say Ponyo. Mm-hmm. Ponyo is really good too. Um, yeah. And if you're in Canada, they actually just put a bunch of those movies on Netflix. So, yeah. Yeah. Which is uh, how I've sort of got back into some of the ones that I haven't seen in a while. Also, discovered some yeah. new ones. So, yeah, if you well, uh, if you have Netflix in Canada or a VPN, you can always uh, watch those movies. And, yeah, they're, they're really Netflix good. will Netflix will get you on those VPNs sometimes, though. Yeah, they will. Yeah, they will. Maybe I shouldn't say that too loudly. <laughs> Keeping keep uh, everyone like like. Uh, the thing, the interesting thing about a lot of the, these Ghibli movies is, they, is there is a tether that us North Americans can get into some of these stories because he is basing some of these on international, like like th- things with international appeal. Like if you're talking Ponyo, that's a, it, it's kind of Little Mermaid, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's like there is there is a lifeline for you within these movies if you feel like oh I'm going to watch this and not understand what the hell's going on. Yeah. There is. There is salvation with house, not so much. <laughs> no, no, I, we got on the Studio Ghibli kick, but there's really nothing tying in any Studio Ghibli movie to house. No. Um, no. maybe some like very loose connections, like, like Japanese. The, the, age, the age level of the writer, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, um, uh, yeah, I, I'm not the biggest. I'm not the biggest fan of Japanese horror movies, and I'm sure there's some decent ones, but I just, I don't know. It's uh, it's not something I've really I'm dived into much at all. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um, okay. Next up, uh, best line. Do you guys have a favorite line from the movie? Oh boy. Um, what did I have written down? Well, the strange monologue about love at the end was uh, out of nowhere, but seemed pretty dramatic. Yeah. Um, and then I don't really know. I didn't really write down too many best lines for this movie. I think the aunt has one line where she turns to fantasy and says, "Don't worry, fantasy. You'll see Mac after Mac has disappeared." And I thought that was pretty ominous. Um, <laughs> other than that, all my other notes about best line are just comments about the audio and like audio mixing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go with ah uh, bananas, bananas everywhere, bananas, 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 bananas. <laughs> Is that one line or like a bunch of individual lines? You know, I, I mean, it, it's all done by Keisuke, so, but uh, yeah, it's one after the other. <laughs> <laughs> Like or maybe the, even the farmer selling watermelons when he's like the girls were eaten. They were eaten. Delicious. There's like so many weird lines in this movie. Even <laughs> yeah. like some of those more subtle lines. Like Sudo says, "You're so cool, Kung Fu," and then uh, Kung Fu says, "I'm sorry, sweet." It's like what? No. <laughs> it's just very weird. Um, I also think there's a, there's a subtitling issue as well. I I, um, I feel like. There are, I, I think it was hard for the for for them to to make the transition to English language in a lot of pieces in this one, which makes some of this dialogue feel incredibly stilted to us. Maybe if you were Japanese and were operating without subtitles, that it would play differently. But it it, it there's a lot I feel that's lost in translation. Mm-hmm. I can see that, yeah. Um. Yeah, that's definitely. Cause it, I think some of the reads on some of those lines were like, "Oh, that's a little different." So, 
<laughs> um, best performance in the movie. I love Kung Fu. Yeah, I was going to say uh, really? Kung Fu or the dramatic white scarf, I think, also had a wonderful performance. <laughs> um, and the dancing skeleton was also, uh, I think, I think so that's A physical of actress and two props are the best <laughs> in this movie. Uh, I'm going to say the piano was the best actor in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I was just taking notes as I watched this movie, all right? And some of my notes are, oh my goodness, great moves on the dancing skeleton and very dramatic scarf. So those are my performances. There's another Sam Raimi thing is the dancing skeleton. Yeah. Right? Like, because, I mean, he wouldn't use that until Army of Darkness, but you got to feel like that was like... House has got to be somewhere in Sam Raimi's mind. I wish that I could. I wish that there was a direct line to Sam Raimi. Be like, have you watched House and did it have an influence on your career? Because so much of this movie seems to inform little pieces in his career. Even stuff like Drag Me to Hell. Yeah. There's stuff in House that reminds me of Drag Me to Hell. I just imagine he's got like a Blu ray copy or something like in a little sure. like glass stand he takes out every so often for inspiration. So. Um, given given that get like given that this is a criterion movie is this something that either of you would buy for your collection i would buy this movie yeah i would buy this movie because i'd feel like i'd want to show it to people yeah. if i have a bunch of people over it's yeah. it's a conversation piece for sure right yeah. yeah oh for sure yeah i would definitely yeah buy especially if like yeah i'm always a sucker for like really cool artwork i mean I got that new Friday the 13th Blu-ray, even though it's the same Blu-ray disc as <laughs> the disc set that came out. But the cover on it is so freaking cool that I'm like, well, yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's good yeah. to own, even if, yeah, it's like, eh, I probably already own this already, but yeah. I mean, I'm just a fan of weird movies, too. So anything that's a little bit off or like that that... I think some of my family members would go, I don't get this. Then it's like, oh yeah, okay, putting it on my shelf. <laughs> have you seen the the blue uh, the Criterion cover of this one? No. It's I have not, no. Gorgeous. It's uh, I mean Criterion always knocks it out of the park, but this one, oh boy. I, I, I love kind of like that cat's head on the cover and everything. Like it's just like a gorgeous, gorgeous box set. Let's see. Uh I'm looking this up now because I have to find out. Oh yeah. <laughs> That looks really cool. Right? Yeah. It's, it's really cool. Looking. It's really simple in a lot of ways, but it works so well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, yeah. Oh, I guess for best performance, I didn't say, but yeah, Kung Fu was mine. I thought uh, she was the one that was sort of keeping my attention the most. She had the um, best moves. True. And my, my favorite death scene. Yes. Like, 100% my favorite death scene. And the fact that her death is the catalyst for the next death, like, right after it. <laughs> is perfect. Yeah, well, for sure. Um, <laughs> best kill. I put the piano kill. The oh, piano yeah. kill is great. And it's it's unforgettable. Like, I, I feel like a lot of people that are big fans of this one, uh, if anyone's listening out there uh, that, you, that you love this movie, I feel like the piano is the reason... Is the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about this movie? Yeah, for sure. Maybe the watermelon or the 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 disembodied head biting the girl's ass. Yeah, yeah. these I, these are the top three, I think, when mm -hmm. it comes to this. 
I, I also wrote down two just because I thought that maybe they might be all right ways to go. Um, death by blankets and pillows and, and bed sheets. I feel like that's a pretty comfy way to go at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, or getting turned into bananas. I mean, I feel like not necessarily <laughs> a bad thing. You know, bananas are pretty nice. Yeah. Um, other people can enjoy you after you're dead. Um, I, I don't know. The, the first The first thing in this movie that really both made me laugh, but also I think was, a, I want to count it as a kill, is when the chandelier pieces, um, there's this weird trippy scene where the chandelier pieces kind of fall off and look like they're trying to like hit Kung Fu. And then she like hits one away, but it like stabs a lizard on the floor or something like that. That is, that is like the quintessential of this movie. It, mm -hmm. it, there was like trippy lights and sounds happening at the whole time it was going off. Um, that I, I honestly think that's one of my favorite kills, even though it's not really a kill, just because it's the first time in this movie that I went, okay, I definitely know weird shit's going to happen in this house. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, Steve, did you mention what your favorite kill was? Uh, Kung Fu. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kung Fu is great. Yeah, it really is. Uh, I, I mean I I do I do like the the well death scene quite a bit. Yeah. But um yeah, there's there's just something <laughs> just something about getting eaten by a lamp. <laughs> like I, I don't know, it's so weird. It there's just it's so weird. And like when I watched this movie, I didn't know that it was written by a child essentially. So I was just like what a bold choice like and then you know well, she didn't have any kind of like thing to go back on, <laughs> so yeah. like, like, like she she wasn't pulling from anything. She's pulling from her own mind, so yeah, it makes a lot more sense in that context for sure. Um, yeah, I think it's time to. Oh no, dumbest decision. I mean, I don't think there was anything that was really that, that dumb because this movie was just no. so weird and like I. It's like the logic makes sense in this movie, even if it doesn't make sense in the real world. Well, because it yeah. seems to operate on a dream plane. Yeah, you know, even the sky looks like even like everything around them looks so ethereal that there isn't any sort of kind of reality to this movie whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think even in the universe that they were in, <laughs> the reality they were in, they still kind of use or tried to use logic most of the time when they came up yeah. against. Yeah. problems right and i mean even though they didn't really believe i think it was fantasy who was talking about like all the she was the one who actually saw things happening and nobody believed her but i mean that seems pretty logical kind of too if she's talking about a like decapitated head coming out of a well so mm -hmm. i don't know if there was necessarily any dumb decisions in this movie no i don't think although so. it's hard to remember because this movie was a lot but <laughs> it, it is yeah so. At a certain point, you just give up of writing stuff down. Yeah, yeah. You know, because it's like I'm not going to be able to talk about all of this on the episode. Or like, yeah. what if you miss something? What if you're like watching and then you turn away for two seconds and then you miss something? That's totally something that could happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Okay, I think it's time to give this a score. Let me give this a score of. Uh, this one evolved for me. Uh, like I, I, I was so weirded out when I first saw it that I probably s scored it a little low. 
Um, but as I got older and as my appreciation, I think for cinema got broader. I like this movie more and more. Uh, so I settled on an eight out of 10 for this one. Nice. Uh, let me see. I, I'd give it like a nine out of 10. I did really enjoy this. It was such a weird movie that I kind of, I, I got into it. Like I got into its vibe very easily and just sort of was like along for the ride. So yeah, easy mm-hmm. for me. Um, I think this one's kind of tough. I, I kind of feel like I might not, or like the score I give this episode might change on rewatches of this movie, but I can't tell which direction it's going to go. I'm going to land on an eight for this. I think, I think that feels right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, this is totally one that I would add to a physical collection yeah. um, on my shelf. I just, I just love finding those weird ones that, don't necessarily make sense but there's just something about them when you watch them you're like yeah i like this movie (laughs) yeah no this is definitely sort of a different kind of movie but i think again if you can sort of enjoy it for what it is it can be a great time so yeah okay uh well steve where can people find you on the internet there yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at the Steeple Dead. Uh, I'm also on Letterboxd. I believe I'm, my username is also the Steeple Dead because that's pretty much where it is everywhere. Uh, and then you can find my website, stevestebbing.ca. And then I'm on the Shift with Drax Nationwide Thursdays at 11 p.m. Pacific time uh, every week. And then I'm also on uh, 6.30 Ched in Edmonton at the last Friday of every month. I'm on the Jalen Nye show. It's giving my rundown of everything to watch over the month. Uh, yeah, that's about it. Nice. Uh, Taylor, where can people find you? Uh, pretty much just social media on Twitter and Instagram. My username is Cerciannic. Nice. Uh, I am over on Twitter, Film Critic Kurt. I'm over on Letterbox Fiddle Call. By the way, Letterbox jerk move because on social media, uh, I was posting something on Twitter about like, oh, it'd be great to be able to change my uh, Letterbox username to Film Critic Kurt, and they were like, oh, send in a support ticket, and we'll help you with that. So I was like, okay. And they're like, oh, great, yeah, you, we can help you with that. You gotta just pay for the pro thing, and then you can change your username. And I'm like, oh, but. <laughs> Like, I thought you were going to actually just do it for me. So, you know what, Letterbox, you're a little bit on on notice for that. But you know what, aside from that, love Letterbox. Uh, three that, they, 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 like, bait and switched you with an ad, basically. Yeah, basically, yeah. They were like, oh, you, <laughs> you want to change your username? Oh, sure, yeah, just e- you know, email us in and we'll change it for you. Oh, but by the way, you got to pay $50, which, I, you know, I'm not opposed to doing, but I'm like, oh, you know, I got to Sign up for I, our service. <laughs> It's like, oh, you want to change? Okay, yeah, sure. Spend $50, then we'll change it. Like, oh, yeah. sure. <laughs> Anyways, I, you know what? I digress. Not the end of the world, but still just kind of mildly funny. But uh, threeingrenerds.com, movie commentaries, and other fun, wild stuff. James Bond podcast is coming out relatively soon, which Steve is yes. on a couple episodes. So that'll be fun. Okay. I, I actually have a question to ask about that. I, I, I'm unsure if I signed up for View to a Kill because I really want to sign up for that one. So if I haven't signed up for it, consider me on that episode. Okay, I'll quickly check here. But right. uh, for the listeners, <laughs> until next time, bye for now. <laughs>